Hobbit shit? Hello, welcome to that Hobbit shit. I'm Mike. And I'm Corey. Hey, Corey. What chapter are we talking about today? Oh, hey, Mike. Uh, this chapter is very simply titled Thorin Starts a War. <laughs> <laughs> Thorin B. Warren, alternative title. <laughs> that is a very good alternative title. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, did you enjoy this chapter, Mike? To find and joy. Mm, maybe we should just jump right into it. <laughs> uh, did it make you squirm in your seat because Thorin started a war? Yes. In a, <laughs> not in a nice way either. Uh, yeah, no, not not the comfortable squirming. No, his no. Uh, his warmongering was unpalatable. Um, but okay, <laughs> I'll jump right in here. Uh, let's see, uh, where do we leave off here? Smog is dead! Lake Town is destroyed and the elves are going to war. And the dwarves have absolutely no idea about any of this. Um, and that's where we left our heroes at the end of the last chapter. Uh, so we go from the destruction of Lake Town, uh, back to our heroes waiting in the guard post. They're sitting there wondering what the heck is taking Smog so long to come back. And they want to know why so many birds are gathering to the south of them near the Lake Town. Uh, and they're just discussing these birds, uh, when who should show up? Why it's that scraggly old thrush. Uh, he starts just just chirping the heck out of them. Um, and while they're listening to him, uh, probably dress them down, Balin wishes that there was a raven there because ravens are easier to understand than thrushes. And so the old thrush flies away and comes back with an even older, even scragglier raven. And this filthy old bird can speak the common language. Wouldn't you know it? Uh, so it's very easy to understand him. The raven introduces himself as Roak, the son of Kark, a raven that Balin knew from the time before Smog arrived. And he tells Bilbo and company uh, about all the happenings down in Lake Town. He tells them about the death of Smog, the destruction of the town, the blaming of the dwarves, uh, and the gathering of the elf army, and that they all want quite a bit of gold. He also happens to mention that Bard is the one to trust among the people of Lake Town, and not the master, and also that he is grim because that's very important about Bard, that he is grim. Even the birds know. <laughs> I, I really want to know what this means. Like, wh- wh- <laughs> just that level of grimness, grimosity. I think it's a, a nice, or maybe an old-timey way of saying he's a real downer, like a Debbie Downer. <laughs> Do you think he talks like Eeyore? Oh, for sure he does. Oh, oh woe is me. I think the dragon's got fish again. <laughs> Oh, those poisoned fish. <laughs> uh, so Bard is grim, and the raven knows, and uh, I get distracted very easily when I'm doing these. Um, Bard is grim. He talks like Eeyore, uh, and here, Thorin absolutely loses it after the raven um, describes <laughs> everything to him. <laughs> uh, Thorin's opening tirade for this chapter. <laughs> Uh, he's upset because the very idea that anyone uh, could think, could even think about his treasure uh, enrages him, let alone the fact that they might feel like they're entitled to some. Um, and although the other dwarves are capering about with glee, uh, he gives one of his, uh, his, one of his speeches that's just dripping with condescension. Um, I, I think he kind of tells off the raven, um, which is unnecessary and <laughs> a little ridiculous. At least he didn't let Bilbo throw rocks at him. <laughs> I want to come back to uh, Bilbo and his his thing with small animals later on in the chapter notes. <laughs> um, so they enlist the raven's help uh, to to get all whatever ravens are able-bodied and not old um, to fly to the Iron Hills where Thorin's cousin dwells uh, and ask for their aid and reinforcement uh, in fighting all these people that are headed towards the mountain. Uh, and then the raven agrees uh, to this and he agrees to bring them constant news of what is happening down at the lake. Um, but before he leaves, Roak very politely implies that the dwarves' plan for war is a very bad one. Um, and Bilbo is miserable as he realizes that this adventure bullshit is still very, very far from over. Uh, so they all head back to the mountain halls. And after inspecting all the ways the mountain could be invaded, they see that the front gate is the only way in. Uh, the secret passage, of course, being destroyed by smog. 
and they get to their dwarvish work and they change the course of the river to flood the area in front of the gate except for a very narrow approach uh, and they build up a wall that blocks the entrance so that the only way in or out is by ladder or rope. Uh, the ravens continue to come back and forth bringing them news as the days pass and we're still a bit behind where we left off with uh, the humans at the end of the last chapter. Uh, it turns out that uh, Smog was in such a hurry to attack the people down in Esgaroth that a few of their ponies survived. Once sorry, I'm sorry, what survived? Uh, ponies, they're ponies. Oh, the ponies. Uh, the ravens keep bringing them, them news, uh, and we find out that ponies survived. Uh, and so ponies survived with some of the packs on their backs still. Uh, and the ravens tell them this. So, of course, Feely and Keely are volunteered to go after them. Uh, so they have to follow a raven who is like no doubt belittling them the whole time and flying ahead of them. Uh, and they have to go down and recapture the ponies that were frightened by the dragon and then haul up all their supplies that they stored before they scaled them out in the first place. And this takes them four days. <laughs> uh, so by the time they get back, the mountain's pretty newly fortified against an assault from an army and the dwarves have a slightly replenished store of cram to survive on. So now uh, I think we're finally at the end of uh, the 11 days uh, since the death of Smog, where we were at the end of the last chapter, I think if I'm reckoning that correctly. Um, and so the men and the elves arrive up at the gates of the mountain hall and the first scouts are quite surprised to find that the gate has been walled up. And so through a, uh, I think they call those murder holes, like a, a hole <laughs> that you could shoot an arrow out of. Um, Thorin yells at them from a murder hole uh, and and they head back to their nearby camps because they're quite surprised to see the wall or anyone behind it. So the people, without giving a response, move their camps slightly closer to the mountain and the dwarves. Uh, and all of them sitting there can hear the sounds of the camp, uh, all the happy songs of the elves as they play their harps. And of course, we know that dwarves love harps. Uh, and Bilbo in particular found these sounds very welcome and merry. And some of the younger dwarves, it says, which seems to heavily imply Feely and Keely, uh, are also moved, uh, and they're starting to grumble that they were all holed up behind the wall preparing for war when they could have possibly invited these merry folk inside as guests and as friends. Um, but a grim look, if you will, from Thorin shut them right up. Uh, so in order to placate Thorin's warlike rage, uh, they went and got some of their dwarvish harps, uh, and they made music of their own. And we finally get a song, Mike. It's been chapters since we've had a song. It's not a very nice song, though, is it? No, it's, uh, yeah, um, Bilbo hates it. Um, <laughs> It's a bit of a reprise of their Far Over the Misty Mountains Cold, um, but it has a lot about weapons and stuff. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they sing their, their murderous song uh, and it makes Thorne quite pleased, um, but then again, makes Bilbo miserable. Uh, and so the next day, a new party uh, from the Men in the Elves comes up to the gate. Thorne once again yells some stuff at them, uh, but it was Bard who answered them this time. He speaks grimly, of course, uh, and he explains to Thorin that they are not enemies and they want to speak with him. Bard lays out the situation pretty plainly that Bard slayed Smog, Smog smashed Lake Town, and as the heir of Dale, much of the treasure had once belonged to Bard's family. Uh, and all they want is some treasure to help them uh, rebuild and to establish friendship with the new king under the mountain. And Bilbo sees the sense in these words, uh, and for some reason, he thinks that Thorin will too. But you know what happened, Mike? <laughs> I think Thorin maybe got angry. Yes, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> what a shock that uh, Thorin was greedy and unreasonable. Um, uh, and so Bard replies to Thorin again, uh, reasonably and peacefully, um, but Thorin continues to yell at them and threaten them, uh, and Bard leaves. And so hours pass, and then some heralds return to the gate and offer Thorin a deal, um, which is quite a reasonable deal. <laughs> uh, they ask him for a twelfth of the portion of the entire treasure, which will be given to Bard, who will then distribute that treasure among the people of Lake Town and generally be cool and generous about the whole thing. And then they suggest that in the spirit of friendship and uh, friendly relations with the peoples uh, in the neighborhood, uh, that Thorin himself contributes a bit more than this to the reconstruction and the aid of Lake Town. Uh, and now I think is a good time to remember that uh, Lake Town lost one quarter of its population um, <laughs> in the destruction. Because of Bilbo. Uh, Bilbo's fault. Yes, yes, Bilbo's fault. Um, but Bilbo mentions that no one remembers that he was the one who found Smog's weakness. Um, so this is all being blamed on Thorin. Perhaps unreasonably, Mike. I think you bring up a good point there. I think you just supported my Bilbo is Sauron uh, fan theory. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's puppet mastering this whole thing. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, I digress. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Lake Town is uh, is dead. Uh, oh, and so Thorin's response to these heralds, like uh, international um, fantasy symbol of peace, um, Thorin fires an arrow straight at one of them, uh, and it lands in his shield. Uh, and I'm not entirely convinced that Thorin wasn't aiming at his head, but it lands in his shield regardless. Um, and so the herald uh, then declares war upon them. Uh, he says that they will not attack the mountain, but until Thorin decides to speak with them peacefully and discuss terms, they won't move their camp and they won't allow the dwarves to leave. Not for food, not for toilet paper, and only Bilbo, Feely Keely, and Bomber, probably for those reasons of food and toilet paper, are the only ones who disagree with Thorin. Uh, and that's the end of the chapter. That is the story of Thorin starting a war. <laughs> is this the point where we hate Thorin or do we just hate him more? I think this is justification for our, our hating of Thorin. Yeah. <laughs> Th- this is a uh, this is all our predictions coming good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a real jerk. Those, although I will say, those elves have have no um, no claim to the treasure. Uh, yeah, I guess I uh, I kind of glossed over them in my summary there. Yeah, they they really don't have any claim to the treasure. They're they are there entirely out of greed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, though they did help the people of Lake Town, which is uh, somewhat a point in their favor, but it was probably so that they could get uh, at the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sweet, sweet. <laughs> Where'd you get the gold for that tea? I nicked it. <laughs> yeah. Any notes about this chapter, Corey? Um. Yes, I, I have a few here, Mike. Um. My first note says that disgusting old raven. <laughs> oh, I have him too. <laughs> he's hilarious. He's he's bald. What the, how could a bird be so old that it goes bald? <laughs> um, he was described as a most decrepit old bird. Yeah, the narration wasn't wasn't very kind to him. <laughs> no, Smog was most beautiful. He was most decrepit. How how uh, do, are there no other speaking ravens? Uh, th- that's that's a very good question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Also, when uh when Balin uh seems like he's he's sort of like just barely can't understand the thrush, like maybe it's speaking like a dialect that he doesn't know of a bird language he does know. Uh, and he's like, Mister Raggins, can you understand anything? <laughs> and Bilbo's just like, Ah, yeah, not, not almost, but no. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, and then the raven speaks English or whatever it is that they're speaking. <laughs> yep, he's, uh, he's pretty gross. <laughs> Just it, and he, wasn't he like hobbling around and he goes flying off unsteadily? Yeah, and he, can, <laughs> he can barely fly. Uh, uh, he gives us, um, he gives us another Middle Earth blessing, which, uh, which I'm, endlessly amused by uh he says the thrush may his feathers never fall <laughs> oh that's a good one yeah it's, it's pretty good yeah um so did you figure out how old he was because he he said it had been a hundred years three and fifty since he came out of an egg is that uh, 153 years yes i believe so um pretty old for a raven yes extremely old for a raven uh yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> he is very, very old. <laughs> you get you well. You know he's old because he reckons time in that way, and I, I find that to be the most uh, the most annoying way of reckoning time. To say yeah. like, if you want to say twenty five, you say five and twenty. That's just. But it, once you crack that hundred year mark, you can pretty much say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess that means that he was born just after Smog showed up, or maybe a bit before Smog showed up yeah probably yeah so he's had to put up with a pretty uh pretty shit-ass landlord's life uh, yeah harsh life for old kark i'm sorry roak 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 uh the audiobook said roak um, so i'm going with that <laughs> yeah his fa- son of kark son of kark yes uh who was buddies with ball <laughs> yeah uh, he's very formal, though. He addresses Thorin first, which I, I suppose is uh, is is the proper way when a king is in your company. He knew too. How did he know? The, these birds seem to know everything that's going on. They do, yeah. Nosy fuckers. <laughs> um, I thought it was funny how <laughs> Bilbo said, 
I think Bilbo confused ravens and crows. And Thorin had to correct him and say, no, the crows were the ones calling us those ugly names. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. They're just like, just charging up a mountain and there's just crows flying around. <laughs> <laughs> Shit talking them. Uh, so maybe the ravens are polite. Maybe the one that uh, the ones that led Feely and Keely to the ponies was actually like pretty nice. Like <laughs> waited yeah. while they climbed over rocks. They're no eagles, that's for sure. <laughs> what, did it, what did it say about eagles at the beginning that they're cruel, cowardly birds? <laughs> I think it did. <laughs> and this narrator, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like birds, really, does he? <laughs> well, he he threw rocks at them as a child. Uh, yeah. You know what he does like? Uh, snails. Snails. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I really wanted to get to this. <laughs> why why yeah, is he when... so fascinated by snails and so concerned about? A quarter of the people in Lake Town died, and Bilbo was fixated on some snails. <laughs> Could be as many as thousands. Like we don't know how many people lived in Lake Town. <laughs> <laughs> he was for sure helped by helped by at least somebody who died in in the tragedy he caused. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's, that's a very sobering point you bring up, Mike. Yeah, but, you know, there were snails. Yeah, yeah, and he was pretty bummed that they didn't survive. Maybe he was mad that he couldn't eat them after Smog roasted them. Do you oh. Think, uh, do you think hobbits eat butterflies? Uh, I think hobbits absolutely eat snails. Um, <laughs> didn't we establish that they do eat squirrels? Yes. Uh, at least according to us, maybe not. <laughs> it's not really in the appendices, but yes, we did establish that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's like, you know, high level, high high level Tolkien lore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a delicacy. Yeah. Uh, my only other note is how dreadful that song was. Yeah, it's uh, it's very grim. I I, I flip back to the um uh, to the first song, the Misty Mountains Cold. Um, to see if it was like, I, th- I think it's just sort of the same rhyming structure, um, rather than being like exactly the same. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's not a happy song. <laughs> Treasure seems to anger up their blood. Hey, yeah, it mentions it once or twice that like the uh, the lust of the treasure was on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, those treasure perverts! <laughs> uh, I was I was really excited too because uh, when I was uh, flipping to the chapter, um, I, I saw that there was uh, that there was like a song a page a couple into it, or sorry, a couple pages into it, uh, and I was like, oh sweet, it's been so long since we had a song. And then yeah, when I got to it, I was like, oh yeah, this is the <laughs> Bard would sing this song. It was grim. That's it for my notes, Corey. What, do you have anything else? I guess we could... Uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, what were you going to say? Uh, we could just discuss how stupid Thorin is for a while. Uh, that was one of my notes, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, this is like... This is... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thorin and his element. Rather than give up a scrap of gold, he goes um, straight for war. <laughs> and like a reasonable amount. Yeah, like... Uh, uh, yeah. When, okay. So when Bard first comes, he's like, "Hey, let's talk about what we're, what we are going to do with that treasure." And Thorin's like, "Fuck you, get out of here!" And yeah. then they come back, and I feel like when they come back, they've like they lowball them again. Like you know what I mean? Like they lowered their offer. They're like, "Look, just give us a twelfth of the treasure." <laughs> yeah. Um, Bard did kill Smog, and he's also the rightful heir to a bunch of that treasure that was taken out of Dale. So. Yep. Soren's kind of a thief in all of this. Uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely is. And the way he he says something about like uh, just because Smog stole the treasure doesn't mean that it belongs to the people he stole it from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a hypocrite, hey? Yeah, isn't isn't his whole adventure based on on that one thing? Yeah, um, which kind of reminds me actually. Uh, no sign of Gandalf yet. He hasn't come back. No, he hasn't, and I wonder why. Uh, I wonder what he's up to. 
He's on a, a some sort of an underwear raid, I'm sure. <laughs> he was out looking for heroes, but found plenty of uh, of unguarded dresser drawers, <laughs> clotheslines, <laughs> just capering through backyards stealing Jesus. underwear. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that covers my notes too. Um, yeah, didn't have a ton for this chapter. It was a pretty short chapter. Um, just the, the dwarves and poor Bilbo. Poor Bilbo just wants a nice hot meal. Didn't <laughs> Wasn't there a point when he heard the elvish music that he could almost smell their, their food? Yeah, I think he smelled, yeah. And like or he could smell the blossoms. forest on their, yeah, it was just, yeah, something like that floating up on their music. Quite beautiful and nice, really. Yeah. It's a shame war was started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder what's going to happen. How will they get out of this one, Corey? <laughs> Find out next week on <laughs> same Hobbit time, same Hobbit channel, same Hobbit shit. <laughs> well, Mike, should we have a drink? <laughs> but the only food for the Draven too comes from that green dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon Inn, where we discuss the beer we're drinking during today's episode. Corey, what are you sipping on this week? Uh, well, Mike, just like the dwarves, I'm landlocked this week. You couldn't make it out to the store? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so I got landlocked, light locked. Oh. Um, because they're, uh, they're under uh, barricade. What do you call it? Blockade, I guess? Government sanctions? I'm not sure. Some sort of self-imposed quarantine? <laughs> Actually, yes. It, it, it was self-imposed because Thorin was stupid enough. To, or um, they have rights. Who has rights? The dwarves, oh, oh, they have rights. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they have the right to not be vaccinated. They have the right to not wear a mask. Um, anyhow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, get, we're getting far too political for our beer drinking. <laughs> Uh, that's when you get the most political, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Not you, the universal you. I'm not. This isn't when... a finger point contest. <laughs> All right, we've already started over once. We can't do it twice. Um, so I'm drinking Landlocked Light Lager, uh, and it is from Stone City Brewing, uh, which is in Kingston, Ontario, Mike. Ooh, is Kingston, Ontario the Stone City? Is that a name of it? Uh, that's a good question. Well, okay. Oh, hold on now. Um, so there's in the harbor in Kingston, there's the this like stone roundy tower thing. So it's like a stout tower, like a, a lighthouse got squished. Um, and that is part of their logo. So maybe that's um, something to do with it. So the answer to your question is I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm sorry for asking it. <laughs> What's the beer like? It's nice. It's, uh, it's kind of sweet, actually, which I didn't expect. Um, I do want to mention first, though, that uh, the label for this beer was actually designed by um, a friend of Tiffany's. Uh, her name is Whoa. Olivia. That's cool. Yeah. Is this why you're drinking it, or is it just happenstance? Um, it's a it's a bunch of wonderful coincidences come together because there happens to be a raven uh, on the label who is sitting there. Shut up. Oh, it's true, man. It's all true. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, he's landlocked, uh, like Thorin. Um, but okay, so it's sweep. 4.3%. Um, uh, it's in a bottle. I usually drink cans. That's interesting. Um, hmm, excuse me. It's a little like, uh, what do you call those? Um, uh, Saison. It's like a Saison. You know um, how they're usually kind of sweet and they have like sort of underlying fruitnesses? Yeah. I don't love that, but that's what it tastes like. <laughs> oh, but do you like this beer? It's okay. Yeah. I was hoping for like um, maybe a touch, uh, touch more on the bitter side. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I'll drink it and I'll enjoy it. Oh, it's not like last week. Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. I was worried for a second. <laughs> no, we're all smiles and sh- sunshine this week. Um, but I do have a mask on. Uh, Mike, what are you drinking? Corey, in honor of Feely and Keely, I am drinking the Nutty Uncle peanut butter stout. Please tell me about it. Um, it's a stout made with milk and peanut butter. 
And what? It's, yeah, and Coco. Sorry, and Coco. Oh, wow. It's quite good. Okay. It has a very, a very bitter taste. Um, there's a, a touch of sweetness. Interesting. It has a thick head, too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take that out of context. <laughs> What's the tone of your voice? I'm sorry. I, I was just admiring it. <laughs> Well, that sounds delicious, Mike. <laughs> there, there's an underlying kind of hint of peanut in it. It's it's good. Probably deadly to some people, but... Oh, yeah, actually. Creamy milk stout brewed with eight premium malts, roasted cocoa beans, and peanut butter. Wow. Where, where are they brewing that thing, Mike? It's Dead Frog Brewery in Langley, BC. Okay. Uh, this is a, a yearly release that I, I love to indulge in. Does this come out right before that um, that sweet potato beer that you love? Is it like a sign of the coming season? Yeah. <laughs> are you gonna, Mike? Are you gonna feature that? I shouldn't give anything away, but uh, I think it was one of our early beers. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. You said you had been saving it. Um, yeah, I think I was saving it like Bilbo was saving all that beer in his larder. <laughs> um, yeah, good beer though, um, and a nutty uncle just like Thorin. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, excellent tie in there. I was in the uh, in the liquor store trying to do the math on uh, how they were related to Thorin. So if he's there, if he's his sister's children, what, how did he put it? Oh, uh, my my father's daughter's. Child. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> they just they just chuckled and they said, "That's our nutty uncle Thorin." <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm going to do something we do too often and send you an on-air text message here of the label of this because I think you'll get a kick out of it. Oh, okay. Uh, well, for you folks at home, if you'd like to see our beers, uh, go to our Instagram because uh, we post our beers. There you go. It's on its way to you through the, the magic of the internet. I'm waiting with bated breath. Uh, this beer is growing on me, by the way, that the initial sweetness. Um... Oh, man, it looks like it's got a dwarf on it. That's great. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> that's uh that that's pretty rad actually <laughs> i thought you'd appreciate that yeah it's kind of got a um the illustration is it's not quite like a samurai jack style but sort of along that those lines oh uh, you know it it actually kind of reminds me of um uh oh excuse me uh the scotsman i i don't know if he has a name on samurai jack do you remember him he's got like a gun for a leg no i don't remember that at all no? Oh, okay. Maybe I'll send you an on-air text message, Mike. <laughs> I only watched Samurai Jack through once with you. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. They, uh, they picked it up recently again. Yeah, I, think I heard have, that. Like, finished it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Pretty neat. Uh, didn't watch it myself, but I'm sure it's great. Scotsman. There we go. Oh, I have a vague memory of this fellow. <laughs> yeah, he does look like that, doesn't he? Wow. Oh, you found it? Okay, I don't need to send it to you. Is his purse a cat? Or I guess, uh, oh, sorry, that's, uh, I'm sure it's, there's actually. It's his cod piece, I think. <laughs> no, isn't it like, uh, like, uh, Does it talk? definitely the wrong word. I don't know. I don't think so. Not that I remember. Oh, um, is it like a, a Scottish thing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I could find this kilt pouch name. Um, a gunny A sporin. A sporin. Gross. <laughs> hey mike the sworn wasn't the one admiring that thick head earlier <laughs> all right we're way off topic here yeah we can cut that out um <clears throat> what's next what's next quotes? week as we <laughs> uh yes i'm good with dwarf quotes the dwarf breathes so loud we could have shot him in the dark welcome to dwarf quotes where we discuss a quote from a dwarf or two <laughs> or who are we going to talk about today uh, Mike I can't tell you that I got to give you the quote Okay, Mike who are we <laughs> going to talk about today <laughs> well here's a clue for you um, this quote is nasty suspicious looking creatures at that and rude as well oh boy and rude as well a dwarf said this uh, a dwarf did say this it, it was not said about a dwarf which yeah, that's the thing. 
Yeah, I wouldn't blame you for guessing, but <laughs> was it Thorin? It was not Thorin. Balin? Correct. <laughs> I, I that was a guess because like, he's the only one. Uh no, there were a couple of that spoke, but was he talking about uh crows? Yes, uh, I was a little nervous because you you kind of mentioned uh, I think what he says right after this um, when he says like did you hear those nasty names that were calling us or whatever? Oh, okay, okay. okay. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh fuck, he's he's fucking up my dwarf quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's so weird to have a dwarf other than Thorin speak shit about something, <laughs> especially kindly old Balin. Yeah, kindly old Balin. They also kind of they implied that uh, that Balin was right on board with this like go to war for the treasure thing. Which yeah, I, what's up? A He's a isn't, isn't he an old warmonger? Is that the deal? Is he like like the sergeant at arms of uh, Thorin's father's army or something like that? Uh, like, oh God, maybe he is. Yeah, maybe that's why he hung out with uh, with Thorin as a child because he's trying to whip him into shape, make him <laughs> make him a leader. Yeah, he might. That might have been his uh, his calling in life. I, are you ready for my dwarf quote? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is this podcast going well? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going well because we have moments like that. <laughs> um, uh, self-reflection in, in mid-podcast. Um, okay. <clears throat> I cannot follow the speech of such birds. It's very quick and difficult. Can you make it out, Baggins? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that ballin' as well? Yeah, it was ballin'. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got so quickly. It cracked uh, me up because he just called Bilbo Baggins. I noticed that too. It did seem a little weird. It seems like an army drill sergeant. Baggins! Stop looking at the snails. Baggins, give me 30 rocks. Uh, not, for, not to get into spoilers here, but doesn't uh, Balin wage a further warlike campaign upon a different mountain in the future? Yes, he does. Hmm. You're right. If that kindly old man was, it was all a, a farce. Riders of Rohan! What news from the mark? Welcome to Hobbit News, where we discuss news from the Shire. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> What's your alpha IC? Mike, I find myself very composed for this particular segment. <laughs> Yeah, what happened behind the scenes? <laughs> it, was, it was our research. <laughs> it was us working hard. Um, so, this week on Hot News, uh, I have an episode of another podcast uh, to recommend to our listeners if they're interested in Tolkien and some um, Tolkien curiosities, if you will. Um, this podcast is called uh, Aaron Mank's Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, and episode 220 was recommended to me by a coworker. Um, in this episode, <laughs> uh, which is called Ringmaster, uh, one of the things that he discusses is um, some of Tolkien's uh, potential inspiration uh, for Lord of the Rings. Um, it was only described to me, so this would be like fourth-hand information, me saying it now, but um, there was a ring found in Britain that was like ancient Roman and there was something about curses on ancient rings and Tolkien was brought in to translate a Roman tablet pertaining to this. And so perhaps this was some inspiration for Lord of the Rings. Um, so give it a listen, see if you like it. Um, oh my God, it's only 10 minutes long. Uh, Jesus. Okay, yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes long, why not listen to it? Yeah, why the hell didn't I listen to it? <laughs> Uh, Mike, do you have any other news this week? Um, no, Corey, you know I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay, well, hold on. So I mentioned uh, off the air in our uh, what we were preparing ourselves. Um, uh, people just bring me Hobbit news now, uh, particularly at work, which is kind of cool and very convenient. Um, and the uh, anniversary of uh, they're taking the Hobbits to Isengard was brought to me by my coworker Katie. And today's information comes from my coworker Clay. It occurred to me that uh, I didn't give credit to people <laughs> uh, and now i have it occurs to me Corey, that we should probably open the floor to listeners if you have a piece of hobbit news send it along oh please do if you have famous dragons send them along too <laughs> yeah we're scraping the bottom of that mead barrel aren't we <laughs> uh speaking of mead and i think this is pretty fitting for hobbit news like i had a fucking mead the other day 
oh my god was it good and i'm going to get my hands on more and i'm going to drink it on the show <laughs> oh cool i've only ever had it once and uh i found it a bit overwhelming i could i could see it being um i could see it being potentially not great but this one was fantastic but like yeah i could see it being a bit much because i guess it's it's made of honey i don't know i'll look into that i'll do some more research you know there's a, a meadery on salt spring island actually you might know that because i tried to get us to go there when you visited oh yeah i think i do remember you mentioned that a meadery cory <laughs> it sounds magical it does sound magical actually do you think bay Orin has a meadery uh he absolutely does yeah <laughs> Did, weren't they drinking mead while they were there bilbo was drinking it by the by the pitcher uh yeah by the the comb full get it <laughs> honeycomb little bee joke for you yeah he made quite a pig of himself while he was there <laughs> and that's hobbit news that is hobbit news what has it got in its pockets What's in its pockets is where Corey and I discussed what may or may not be in somebody's pocket. <laughs> um, Corey, who, whose pants are you going through today? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike. Uh, King of transitions, as always. Uh, so my question for you, Mike, is what does Thorin have that could never fit in his pocket? Very fitting. Or perhaps Mike couldn't even fit inside the mountain halls of his father, Thrain, son of Thror. His ego? (laughs) You're correct, Mike. (laughs) Nailed that one, huh? Yeah, Um, you did. Okay, my question for you, Corey. What the hell is Roak carrying around in his pockets? (laughs) A tiny little raven toupee? (laughs) Obviously not. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Uh, what is Roak on his pocket? Uh, okay, hold on. <laughs> Raven underwear? No. Fuck. Uh, this should. This is. I. I know. I'm gonna be upset that I didn't guess it. Gold. <laughs> um, uh, no, but that is a thing a raven would take, isn't it? Yeah, shiny things. <laughs> mm. Good guess. Um, the answer is snails. Oh. Picked up some snails while he stopped on the lookout. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, that's that's actually like that's a deep joke there. Uh, so these these birds that live within the desolation of smog, uh, sure, the poison in the air drives them to lose their feathers, but they just glut themselves on mountain snails. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? It's probably the the best thing going there. You would think. Yeah. It it it's great for them. They live for 150 years. Yeah. The thrush was eating snails, was it not? Yeah, it was eating them violently, as I recall. Just smashing them open on the rock. Maybe Corey, maybe Bilbo develops a taste for snail, and it is in part the reason for his long life. I think. That's perhaps the most solid theory we've come across on this, on this show. <laughs> I'm looking forward uh, for us finding clues in the text of the Lord of the Rings for Bilbo's constant snail eating. Right, uh, Sam just said Mr. Frodo. He's it's, Bilbo had another snail. <laughs> you never know. There might be little hints. <laughs> Bilbo lifting up rocks and looking underneath them. <laughs> oh my god do you think snails live in Gollum's cave like oh, just covering the walls in slime i bet i bet there are quite a few snails down there yeah oh filthy albino snails that yeah. don't have eyes yeah extra slimy <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us at the pockets <laughs> <laughs> dragon not just be the dragon in these parts for a thousand years Okay, welcome to Famous Dragons, the segment where we talk about a dragon that is not smog from literature, from pop culture, uh, perhaps from video games, from... Where did you get your dragon from, Mike? What a transition. Okay, Corey. <laughs> we haven't really discussed dragons that show up in 2D animation, now have we? Oh, no, I don't think we have, Mike. No. Um, this is a dragon I've been teasing for a little while now. Off the air teasing. Off the air teasing this dragon. (laughs) 
I would say it, it has immense importance to me and I'm going to assume immense importance to you as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about yet. So, okay, cool. <laughs> Corey, I'm discussing Haku from Spirited Away. Oh, oh, I thought you meant another. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I thought you meant someone completely different that you have teased <laughs> off the air. Yeah, I, that was a trick. I pulled a trick on you. <laughs> Excellent. Please, please tell me about it, Mike. So we've discussed shape-shifting dragons, right? I'm pretty sure we have. Dragons <laughs> turn, turn into people. Let's just say we have, yeah. Uh, but we haven't discussed a dragon that turns into a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> Uh, and we haven't discussed a dragon that is, in fact, also a river. How cool is both true. of those? <laughs> um, so, Haku is a young boy who is a second in command slash slag. I'm sorry, slave <laughs> to Yubaba, the 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 leader, the master of the bathhouse, where Chihiro, the heroine of Spirit Away, finds herself. Following so far, Corey? Yes. We could go deep into the plot, um, but there's really not much to say about about Haku other than he he's magical. He can turn into a, a beautiful dragon. Uh, quite beautiful, yes. Uh, he has quite the plumage. And... <laughs> And whiskers out to here. <laughs> um, he's also a river. Do you do you remember this part? Because I had forgotten about him and his river transformation. It's only mentioned briefly, and it's more inferred than anything else. Uh, yes. Um, I do recall that. Um, yes. Please go on. <laughs> um, so there's magic upon the spirit world where the bathhouse is um, and the magic it's not really defined specifically but it surrounds names and if you've gotten your name then Yubaba owns you more or less and Haku has forgotten his name even though he's called Haku he doesn't know his full name a ways into the movie Chihiro the heroine she remembers this time when she fell into a river called Kohaku River. And the river carried her safely to the shore and returned her shoes to her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point, Haku realizes he was, in fact, that river. And he falls out, of, out from under um, Yobaba's spell. Yubaba. Yubaba. That, that's pretty much his story. He falls in love with a 12-year-old girl. Uh, which is okay because even though he's a ageless spirit, he also <laughs> inhabits the body of a twelve-year-old boy. Yeah, that works out well. And um, <laughs> we won't talk about or think about that further than we need to. <laughs> uh, perhaps uh, we should just recommend watching *Spirited Away* if you haven't, because it's a fantastic movie. That's what I was going to transition into. Yeah, Corey, thanks for stealing that. Um, <laughs> I was trying to save you from the, the twelve-year-old love affair thing, but whatever, man. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw *Spirit Away*? Uh, I believe we watched it together. Did we not? We might have. Yeah. It was I thought? What did? It, wait a sec. Did I show you *Spirit Away*? I think I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. Oh, cool. I think that might have been the first uh, uh, Miyazaki movie that I watched, uh, or Ghibli oh, in general. No, I, I didn't know that I had that power over you. <laughs> <laughs> do you know my true name, Mike? Uh, yeah, I do. I won't mention it on there. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I don't think Spirit Away is my favorite Ghibli movie, but it is maybe the best Ghibli movie. Does that make sense? Um, yes. Uh, uh, kind of side note, uh, I have been trying to introduce my partner to Ghibli movies, um, and I am pretty sure Spirited Away is probably the best one to start her with. It's a, uh, it's a, it's the perfect starter Ghibli movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Except for Chihiro's voice is just terrible. <laughs> yes, uh, but that, that, that's in the dub, right? Yeah. Have you ever watched it subtitled? I think so, but not in years. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Hmm. I wonder if it's uh, if it's just as uh, screeching and horrible in the, like, 
you know, you'd be reading it, but you'd be hearing the uh, the Japanese. I, um, I bet it's not as bad because it's really bad. Yes. Yeah. It's quite bad. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I remember seeing the movie, I was renting a movie at, do you remember Roger's video? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> to our, our younger listeners, there used to be a thing called video stores where you would rent a movie. And, in, <laughs> and you would borrow these movies for a length of time, usually about seven days. For a new release, it would be about three. Oh, you don't just pay 10 bucks a month and have unlimited movies? No, it would be about $7 to have this movie for a week. Per movie? Um, per I think movie. I think it's funny that you mentioned Roger's video because that was like one of the latter uh, video rental places. <laughs> like, yeah. Possibly the last one. Yeah, so I was in there one day renting something and uh, Spirit Away was playing on the TVs and it was it was the scene in Yubaba's, um, I think her personal space or quarters with the giant baby running around and she was just, <laughs> Yubaba is mostly head, right? Yes. Much like my beer. Um, <laughs> and I was just transfixed. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? I need to see it. And then it showed whatever the, the name spirited away and i immediately bought the dvd and went home and watched it that, that's cool actually that's that's funny i was i was very interested in what scene uh you would have seen out of context <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't have thought uh, i would have assumed it was anything but a scene with the giant baby <laughs> the giant baby it was mostly ubaba's giant head though yeah it, it goes yeah it, it's quite the combo <laughs> yeah and then once i realized who miyazaki was i I actually had seen Princess Mononoke like a couple years before, just late one night on Cartoon Network. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I had no idea. I just halfway through, I tuned in and uh, it was cool and I watched it, but I had, didn't know what it was. Or That was another thing that our younger listeners might not ever experience. <laughs> just flicking into something? That yeah, finding a movie yeah. and being like, what the fuck is this? It's cool, but <laughs> I have no context. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, Ghibli movies, great. Haku, beautiful dragon. <laughs> yes, correct, correct. He's actually uh, yeah. a water dragon, Corey, so no fire breathing. Hope you're okay with this. Oh, yeah. Uh, our parameters for a dragon are, uh, are by necessity loosened. Uh, just wait until my next one. <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't mention the one that I thought you, you were going to get into. No, you shouldn't. Okay, cool. Perfect. <laughs> uh, have, we ever, have we ever discussed on air, as we are now, um, the one that we have both refused to discuss out of pride, I think? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we have. We, no, I don't think we have. Okay, yeah. Well, there's, there's one that we've been holding over each other's heads for the entirety of the existence of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of been a joke. Like, you going to break this week, bro? <laughs> You know what? There's so much pressure on that one too that whoever has to have it as their dragon is going to fuck it up. <laughs> I'm just excited to play the uh, the theme music. Oh, so let's make a deal right now on air. Um, <laughs> if we make it to last episode, which will be an odd episode, as, as you recall. Yes. Your number. Uh, maybe What's we today? should. Sorry, uh, this is the... This is 15, right? 15th. So it'll be the 19th. Well, that, that, okay, okay. sorry, continue. Yeah. Um, anyway, perhaps <laughs> we... Perhaps, maybe we should both present The Last Dragon if we can hold out and have that dragon be The Last Dragon. That would, no. be, that would be pretty good. So that means, okay, so hold on. If, if this is 15 and we have to get to 19... That only leaves that, that that leaves two for me and one for you. <laughs> yes, two dragons for you and one for me, precious. We could probably we could probably do that. Maybe that's up to you, Corey, because I have mine in the bag. <laughs> Smug fucker. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. No. Well, well. I mean, we'll see what happens. Would it be? Oh man, what a what a fuck you it would be if in episode eighteen <laughs> that was my dragon. <laughs> <laughs> uh i would be shook because i would have to find another dragon and i am i have none left <laughs> yeah uh, well i have okay so we both have one 
Uh, and then we have the final one, theoretically. Uh, so that leaves an outstanding dragon. Uh, that, sounds, that sounds so bad. I can find, I can find some shit-ass dragon. <laughs> some bottom feeder. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have one that... Oh, I do have another one, but it's really stretching the definition of dragon, and I don't know that I want to. Yeah, yeah. There's one or two that uh, that I've thought of, and I'm like, nah, nah. You gotta, you gotta reach a certain bar to be on our show. <laughs> I think the, um, in the very least, nah. I'm not gonna say it because I'm gonna fuck my next dragon up. Never mind. I've really enjoyed this segment of <laughs> Famous Dragons. It might be the worst episode of Famous Dragons. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Uh, watch Studio Ghibli movies. They're great. Um, yeah, they are. They are great. Um, they're are all they dragons? The... Sorry? Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I was, going, so I was going to say, Corey, that they're all on Netflix. Yes, a good mm-hmm. amount of them are. Are there dragons? There isn't a dragon in any others that I can think of. I don't think. No, I can't think of one. Wow. Huh. Well, good work, Mike. Huh. Is there one in... No, there's no dragon in Howl's Moving Castle. That would be the, the best opportunity for a dragon. Yeah, that'd be your likely candidate. Yeah. But he um, yeah, he turns into a filthy raven um, rather than a dragon. <laughs> yeah, he is a filthy Um Perhaps there is a something dragon adjacent in The Wind Rises. That's possible. Oh, I haven't seen that one, but okay. Hmm, interesting. Um, no spoilers, and maybe, maybe Panyo. Maybe, maybe in Ponyo there's some sort of a, a fish called a dragon. Are there any dragon fish or something like that? Mike, are you trying to say Ponyo, 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 dragon in the sea? Yeah. Um. Should, it was that. Was that the episode? Should we call? It? Uh. Yeah. We should probably the outro. Uh, yes. Yes. Of course. Um. Uh, well, I mentioned our Instagram. Uh. That is at that Hobbit shit. Find us on Twitter at Hobbit shit. Uh, email us your Hobbit news, your famous dragons, your interesting Hobbit <laughs> stories. I don't know. Uh, that Hobbit shit at gmail.com, <laughs> patreon.com slash that Hobbit shit. You can find us anywhere you like to be on the internet. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, I'm Corey. And I'm Mike. And may they. And may they. Feathers on, on your raven <laughs> never fall out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is not a criteria for a dragon.